previously on Destroy the Files. I said you have sleeves on. Yeah, and it is weird. It's because I'm wearing this special shirt. <laughs> Ghostly skeleton man floating there, and it says, I'm here for the booze. And then and then there's like some little, there's like bottles around them and some bats. <laughs> Classic. That's that's my special Halloween shirt. I like it. I wear that to the office and everything. Nice. You want to see a cool thing I've been working on? Yeah. I want to say 50 bucks. So that's what I've been working on. Very, very intriguing. Yeah. I'd hate to have to cancel my OnlyFans. Yeah, never give up. I have been working on something completely different. Oh, yeah? It is a strictly a theoretical exercise. But I've really been spending the hours on this. It is a theory about Russia's plan for Ukraine. Let's face it. Ukraine is a meat grinder for Russian soldiers right now. What's up? I'll tell you. They're building a fucking ghost army behind enemy lines. Oh, no. And now, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Worthen Farms Oyster Bread. That's farm fresh bread made with real oyster squeezings baked right here in America by a wild-eyed deadhead in a tie-dyed shirt. Mmm, get you some Worthen Farms Oyster Bread. That's the mm -hmm. good stuff. I keep hearing really good things. It's, it's one of a kind. That does sound good. I'm taking it that we're podcasting now. If you want, we can keep talking, but I, just, just to get a couple things out of the way at the beginning. Yeah, I just want to make sure that whether I know, um, like if I share my deepest secrets, they don't get out on the internet because... Uh, I'll just beep it. Sure you will. <laughs> I got no secrets. I tell everything. That's not what we came here to talk about, though, is it? It is not. And, Man, uh, this is going to be a spooky episode. I'm afraid. I'm afraid yeah. to even like conjure some of this stuff that right. I've got planned. The darkness within is more horrifying than the darkness without. And we're we're going deep inside tonight. I know. This is like our Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and Halloween rolled into one. Right? It's the best holiday. Should we get her going? Sure. All right. Um guitar music. Hello, listener, and welcome to your new 30th favorite podcast, right behind Angry Chuck's Bathtub Poetry Slam. It's Destroy the Files. This is a podcast we should just delete as soon as we're done recording, and often do. A podcast where dreams are magic, magic is real, and the only limit is your imagination, Kate. I'm the author and editor, formerly known as Kate. I'm just an idea now. Don't try to focus on it too hard. It'll turn into a blue and gold striped dress. She, her. And I'm Brent, story writer, beer enjoyer, victim of a vicious smear campaign by jealous rivals in the professional male nipple model community. If you were at work, a child, a child at work, someone who I owe a large sum of money to, the prime minister of an allied nation, a rival male nipple model, or my own dear sweet mother, it is strongly suggested you listen to something besides this highly informative and entertaining podcast. Happy Almost Halloween, Kate. Happy Almost Halloween. How the hell are ya? Awesome. How about you? Good. Good. It's been a, been a good Halloween season. Yeah, nice and hot. Yeah, plenty hot. Uh, Although today it's quite temperate. It's in the 70s today. Oh, it's we not... had uh, low 50s or something. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> Weather talk. Nothing more exciting. I'll tell you, I was I was inside at, at work. I didn't I didn't really look outside one time. Uh, I was busy at my computer, you know, clacking away on them keys, coming up with notes for this podcast as I prepare ahead of time. And that's just how I do it. Without exception. Don't we all? Preparedness it's like, isn't that the Girl Scout model? Be prepared? No, those are for boys. Only boys can be prepared. That's right. Favorite part of October, Kate? What's yours? Um, 
You go first. I'll think it over. There's so many good parts. My favorite part is how it is basically just the endless month. Like it just it just goes on and on. This is the perfect month, and it and it's never ending. Other months just whiz right on by. Not good old October. It's here to stay for at least another couple months. That's what I like about it. It is one of the few times you can get candy corn, which is condensed sugar in an oily shell. Who I doesn't love that? Fucking communists! I tell you what, they they hate candy corn in Russia. Hate it. No, and it's a vegetable here. My house. Yeah. You're not gonna believe this. I hear people. I see them on the internet talking shit about candy corn. Right? What's the matter with those people? Like they don't understand. This is There's ambrosia. Joy in their life. Ambrosia from Mount Olympus. The gods gave us the gift of candy corn, and you're just gonna scoff at it. Grotesque. What are you, what are you drinking over there? I am uh, drinking a little uh, Kraken and soda. Mm, nice. Fuck. Can you imagine if they made candy corn booze? Somebody's got to have it somewhere. I'm going to get on the internet right now. I'm going to type it. I think it comes in vodka. Or is that frosting? That's definitely, there's definitely, like, I have, like, on the other side of this room, there is there is cake-flavored vodka up in a cupboard. Candy corn booze? I don't know. Let's see. Candy corn vodka. Oh, look at those delicious-looking shots. Fuck. But how hard would it be to make our own? You just throw some in the bottle. I have candy corn and I have vodka. He threw out the fucking candy corn. <gasps> what? That stuff lasts for a millennia. There's no reason to ever throw that away. We have over a gallon of vodka over there. We got Absolute. We got uh, Smirnoff. We got some cake flavored stuff that you know is just heaven. But I don't have no candy corn. Man. Damn it. So close to podcast greatness. Should we just delete it now or press on? We might have to press on this one hmm. time. Well, while you were gone, I managed to um, block two people on Facebook and ban another one from my page. What'd they so do? That, well, one said I was pretty. So, like, fuck you, block. I don't trust that. And then another um, was talking about um, like medical problems. It's my new uh, policy. Anyone who talks about their body on Facebook gets a block. Was it me? Because no. Uh. <laughs> no, I don't like there's an awful lot of older elderly folks on there. If you sit around and you start talking about my knee and my shoulder. I squeezed the thing on my foot and there was a little worm in there. And then I got a crypto request on uh, Twitter, so I can find my own crypto motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, you can buy it for dirt fucking cheap. It ain't worth nothing. Uh, don't get me started. I own um, more NFTs than I probably should, but mm. we don't need to talk about that right now. Well, that's staying in the podcast. So, <laughs> being that it's Halloween, it is almost National Novel Writing Month. I feel this is a damn good time to toss out a few tips for aspiring authors who may want to write some scary stories in the very near future. There's a real public service happening right here, Kate. Okay. And I got one. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, feel free to jump in with your own suggestions and stuff like that. Because I came up with five after just a ton of studious research. I don't think I'm a very, I'm no, you know, Steve King or those guys. You know, I'm no Neil Gaiman or George R. R. Martin. I'll say. I appreciate you supporting that. But I, I definitely read a lot of books on how to write good. So, yeah, I, I came up with a few. Hate to hear those. Are you doing the uh, NaNoWriMo this year? I don't know. I need I need to come up with with uh, 30k on a story that already has 30k in it, and I think maybe November is a good time to get that done because I, like somehow we came to the end of this glorious, nearly endless, eternal month <laughs> that is October. Didn't go by fast at all; just kind of lingered. And so, my first tip for the aspiring horror author who may be proceeding with their first 
spooky novel this this November is that originality is very important, right? Is it though? Oh yeah, I find you don't want to rewrite your favorite Stephen King book. No, you got to look deep into the dark corners of your own psyche to discover the terrors that no one else has seen before. And you might have to take a whole bunch of mushrooms for this. To go that route, make sure you don't end up with a happy trip that shows you that everything is beautiful and we're all part of one being and, and everything's going to be fine. No, no, no. <laughs> you need a hell ride, don't you? To do that, one surefire way is to queue up some YouTube videos about war crimes or religious atrocities right as you're getting started, right as you, you know, start chomping and just watch those until it starts to get a little, a little eh, oh, oh, what's going on here? And then get an album by Lustmord playing or, you know, some, something like that. Kind of creepy, like hellish, ambient soundscapes. And then you climb into a tub of cold water. You can pick up some ice ahead of time and dump that in there too. That might help. Have your phone nearby with a voice recorder app running. Turn off the lights and just narrate everything that happens next. You're bound to get a few good ideas, maybe great ideas from this strategy. I like it. I might try that. Um, just feed that anxiety, get some cold water in the dark and talk it out with some creepy music playing. Yeah. Well, I disagree. Oh. I think that the the most successful stories are the ones that are familiar. I think this NaNoWriMo, we need 3,000 more zombie stories where people live in a city and maybe like a guy is divorced from his wife, but it's the kid is with him on the weekend and the kid is kind of a brat at first. You think we need that story 3,000 more times? Oh, maybe. Is, could there be a, a pandemic? <gasps> right? That'd be good, too. And it'll be different because each of your characters has personality. Yeah. Yeah. That's it different. For my second tip, I think that staying awake is important. Well, you're right. Because if you're like me, and some people might be, I don't know. If you're like me, you have a full-time job, a part-time job, a family, a podcast, a shitload of writing to do, a tiny adorable dog, and a, a <laughs> glorious, glorious mustache to maintain. Whether you're writing early in the morning, the afternoon, or the dead of night, you've got to keep your mind alert and crisp. The best way to do this, I've found, is to just scream loud as you can every five minutes. Use an oven timer. A little egg timer put it right next to you right next to you you live in the country i take it right yeah. oh yeah yeah way out in the woods and you put that oven timer on for five minutes and uh tick 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 you know and then it then when it dings you scream at the top of your lungs like you are being eaten alive by ants and then once your scream is done reset the timer repeat in between you're writing wide awake alert boom hearts pumping Getting some good writing done. That's all I'm talking about. Like it. I do like it. I, I fear that if um, I scream, I'm going to go out to where my uh, dividing wall is. Maybe get a step stool. Get up a mm -hmm. little taller just so I can scream right into the neighbor's uh, yard. Bounce it off of their the cement they've covered all of the plant life with. Duh. Yeah. And then, right into their dining room window, like that light they shine into my dining room. Love it. I'm going to do what, it. What are they going to do? Fucking complain about it on, on next door? Right? My neighbor's yelling all the time. Man. It'll just show up next episode of Destroy the Files. <laughs> you laugh. I'm, and, and my next tip, for the love of God, don't worry about spelling. In your first draft, it doesn't matter if you spell good or do grammar good. <laughs> Hell, it doesn't even matter in the third draft. And uh, you'll agree with me as an editor, that is what editors are for. So just get the story down, pad the shit out of that word count. Because editors like having a lot to work with. It's like a sculptor needs clay to sculpt. And that's what you got to do as, as a writer, author. You want to give that editor something to shape. Don't use one word when 10 can do the same job. Because let's face it, 
if everybody wrote a, a perfect manuscript in the first draft, editors will be out of a job. They'd be they'd be jingling a little cup at passersby in the street. Do you have a few pennies, sir? No, they don't. I'm an editor. No, you were an editor. Now everybody writes good. Go go work in a factory or some shit. But there's no factories, are there? No. Well, oh. soon there will be. We're, we're getting going to get some. Yeah. Of, Fuck you, China. I'm not going to work in it. No. But people might. Well, robots might. But there are going to be a few people setting up those robots. Yeah. I agree with your last bit of advice. I'd like to add that if on that round three, after you've um, worked with the copy editor and you've got it almost ready to go to print, you could come back and maybe change two thirds of that book because you had a new idea and wanted to add a character in that. We love that. We love when. Uh... Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not published until it's published. And you you got up until that day to to really get it hammered out. It's a fluid thing until the concrete sets. For my next tip, spend some time reflecting on specific people you despise. Remember that your life could be so amazing if that one son of a bitch at work wasn't such a garbage person. Fantasize about a tiny monster crawling through their guts. Imagine how they'd scream if they were devoured by a thousand starving rats. Really let your mind wander. This is a good healthy form of meditation too. It'll help you relax into a calm creative mindset any therapist will tell you this is a healthy thing to do i love a good grudge yeah. i will hold a grudge man burning bridges are for reading by yep yep yeah you don't have to remember the grudge just the person that it was against i have one of those i was trying to think the other day i'm not going to mention any um names but i was trying to think like why was it I hated him so much? What did that, that fight we had, like, how many years ago was that now? It was like six, maybe? Oh, I oh, remember no. the whole did thing. I, that, I remember the whole thing. Yeah, I could tell, I could refresh you, but we'll do that off the air instead, uh -huh. of, instead of mentioning the name. <laughs> I forgot what he, what he did to make me so mad. What's funny is I'm going to, like, beep over name. In the, in the editing, okay. it's gonna be funny. That'll be good. My next tip, the last tip on my list here that I that I came up with, if people want more, I'm happy to, to mine the caverns of my brain for more. Maybe there might be one more in there. Pledge your soul to whatever dark forces may be listening. There are plenty and making a deal with one or more of them makes all the difference. Invite them to speak their ancient alien horrors into your ear with their forked oil black tongues beg them to write their unholy ciphers through your weak mortal hands and don't resist them as they take your flesh for a horrific midnight joy ride through the town where you live man sexy yeah and it's a small investment up front but you'll see the dividends pay off at the end of the month when you have finished a novel that you can be proud of and then after that you follow all of our tips here dear listener and you're ready. You're ready to submit your novel to a publisher or agent. And like I said, they have editors of their own. So don't worry if your manuscript is a little on the rough side. Like I said, if everybody wrote everything perfectly, those poor editors would be out of a job. And their children would starve. Starving children. I'm not cool with that. I don't think our listeners are either. No. Starvation is supposedly um, really bad and it'll stick with you your whole life. Like, yeah. even if you go through, like, six months of starvation, food is going to be, like, your main focus. It's something in the um, the monkey part of our brain. But uh, humans uh, never really recover from a, a period of starvation. Hmm. Well, speaking of books, I got two recently, Kate. Look at really? this one. Really? What'd you get? I got this one. Ghostly Tales of Wisconsin. Whoa. Who's that author there? Uh, that is Ryan Jacobson. Yeah. I'm not familiar with his work before, but um, but this one I'm super duper excited. But that was an impulse purchase at a coffee shop in, in Rhinelander. But this one I'm super excited about. And you have probably seen this pop up in your timeline. 
Boom. Soft Places by Betty Rocksteady. That one does look good. I yeah. Have, had my eye on it. Yeah. I got a, I got a signed, signed bookmark. And then it's got the illustrations in there. She's, yes. I like her drawing. Nice. See if she wants to come on the podcast sometime. I'll bet she would. I bet she listens. You think? Pro- I'm sure of it. Everyone listens. Who they just doesn't? talk about it. Yeah. Tell it's you what, like hey. secret pleasure. Hey, Betty. No, you're listening. Why don't you, why don't you send us a, a message over there and uh, get you on here. We can talk about how this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Gary Busey's Heaven Scent Candles. Treat your loved ones to the only candle that smells exactly like it smells in heaven. And what does heaven smell like? Why, it smells like Gary Busey. Available in post-binge lavender, coke sweat, and the brand new scent, Stuck in a Culvert with a Raccoon. Order Gary Busey's Heaven Scent Candles now and make sure they arrive in time for the holidays. Thank you, new sponsor. Yeah, we love our sponsor. So I have a question for you. Speaking of raccoons, mm. um, is your dog wearing a raccoon coat or is that an actual raccoon walking around the room behind you on the um, on the Zoom window? Oh, it was earlier. Um, yeah, no, JP is definitely not wearing a raccoon coat. So oh. you can see that's not a raccoon coat. You can go back to sleep now, sir. You got a kiss for for the boss? No. Just put me back down. Okay. There you go, sir. No. Good buddy. He's a cute one. But uh no, there I guess there might be a raccoon in here. Fuck. We got a mole in a trap this morning. Oh. I'm not gonna tell you about the mouse too horrible we had one in the toilet the other day and matthew had to shoot it with an air gun first thing in the morning (laughs) oh my god did he get it on the first shot or did it take a couple shots a couple i heard a couple (laughs) uh uh, white claw hurts when it gets up your nose You know how there's always, like, uh, all these uh, listicles about Halloween. We've got the uh, 10 best candies and habits of uh, Halloween people or... Traditions from around the world, sure. Right. Um, I thought we need a list of horrible things that have actually happened on Halloween. Right? Okay. You ready? I'm ready. In 1926, there was this fellow named uh, Harry Houdini. Familiar with him? He was an escape artist and um, a famous debunker of all of those uh, psychics that were so popular around uh, the beginning of the 20th century. But um In 1926, he was teaching some students some of his tricks, and uh, he claimed that his stomach muscles were so strong they could withstand any punch without an injury. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a fan of the Harry Houdini, but I've got to say, anyone who talks like that deserves a really good whack in the stomach. deserves it asking for it clearly so um one of his students who um probably was not that much of a fan sucker punched him twice in the stomach uh like with all he had got him when he wasn't ready right so after the final curtain call of his show that night which was halloween night um he collapsed Oh, no, it was a few days before Halloween. So his show was, let's say, Friday. Halloween was on a Monday. But he, after the curtain call, he collapsed. Um, days later, he died. Uh, turns out that that punch had ruptured his appendix. And all kinds of uh, poison had gone into his system, as it does. All the, um, all the leeches and sage in the world couldn't save him. 
Damn, those doctors tried it all. Right. To um to this day, there are some people who believe he was murdered by spiritualists because he was trying to uh, debunk their fake religion. I'll bet there's still some of those people around today because uh, I know some fake religion people. Mm. They seem to be all over the place. There's a shitload of them. Like, Americans are just always been Americans. They always have. They never change. There's nothing you can do about them. And so uh, what lesson do we learn from this misadventure, Brent? Talk shit, get hit. <laughs> That's right. You can't teach students anything because they'll kill you. <laughs> I'm going to get right in. I'm going to jump right in and, and correct my, my earlier question that he was not born in Wisconsin. He was, in fact, born in neighboring Budapest, Hungary, died in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I guess well, Wisconsin and Hungary. Not far from Michigan, though. Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty close. So next up. On Halloween Eve in 1938, uh, 12 million people tuned in to listen to a radio play by Orson Welles. One in 12 of the listeners believed that the alien invasion described in War of the Worlds was a true fact. Panic ensued. And to this day, the aliens living among us are spreading their lizard heresies. And it was one in 12 back then. You do that shit now, you'd be more like one in six. Right? Or higher. Fuck. Then we have, um, on the last day of October in 1961, former Soviet leader Joe Stalin's body was removed from the glass box where it was on display next to Vlad Lenin. Um, Then leader Nikita Khrushchev was sick of his shit and decided he needed to be in a real tomb. Unofficially, I hear he got a stake through the heart too. Um, But the moral of this story is that there's an empty glass box right there in Moscow just waiting to be filled up. Halloween is coming, y'all. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for for Vladimir Putin. It looked real good in a glass box. Right. The last one we've got is for a whole year in the 1970s in New York. David Berkowitz terrorized the city because his dog named Sam told him to kill people. He got caught and sent to Attica for life, uh, where he continued to cause commotion and problems for everyone around him. On Halloween morning in 1981, Dave, that's what I call him, Dave. Uh, predicted Dave yeah, predicted that a cult would murder two people in an apartment he described in meticulous detail. Everyone thought this was more of uh, the Son of Sand shenanigans until it turned out to be true. Um, on that day, Ronald Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman were killed in a murder that remains unsolved to this day. So the, their home was just as descri- just exactly the same way as Berkowitz described it and um sam the dog i think he had something to do with this did did the dog ever face any kind of criminal consequences for his involvement because he caused all this stuff guilty as shit and walking free that's country damn those are all things that happened on halloween Hmm. the the veil is thin the veil is very thin well, I came up with a little Halloween list of my own, Did as you? long as it's the season. I came up with my top 10 things to hide in Halloween candy. Oh. Now, I heard a grown-ass voting-age adult, older than me even, talking today about 
how you shouldn't let kids get candy trick-or-treating because it's probably not even safe anymore they put the fentanyl in there every fucking year and they just keep eating it up oh they're filling that candy with fentanyl and it'll it'll turn you gay and kill you so i ran outside grabbed uh the hose out of the back of my jeep stuck it in the in the tailpipe stuck the other end in the driver's side window started it up and sat there and waited to die but they 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 have changed the exhaust system on cars these days it's it's it doesn't work anymore damn near impossible especially outside sounds so then i after a little while i didn't even have a headache i got back up put my phone back in my pocket and put the hose back in the in the back of the jeep and i went back inside and i came up with this list of the top 10 things to hide in halloween candy number 10 full-size sword because I love a challenge. If you can if you can hide a full-size sword in somebody's Snickers bar without them noticing it, that's a crazy level of difficulty. And you deserve some kind of fucking accolades or something. Number nine, scorpions. Our friend Mercedes Murdoch Yardley will not find humor in the thought of, of scorpions in candy. I'm sure she listens too. Hi, Mercedes. Thanks for listening. And number eight, this one's a no-brainer illegal narcotics that's right you can you can they are and that's why i am grateful that i have published some books and therefore i basically have unlimited wealth and i can afford just a ton of drugs to put in candy i mean it's it's the kind of investment that you're not ever going to see a return on like what am i going to do get kids under get small children hooked on on my drugs <laughs> they don't have any money to buy more drugs <laughs> what the hell why would i even do it except for just the love of the game just to see kids have fun out there on halloween night number seven prescription drugs and we're talking like you know insulin or you know stuff that helps with vertigo or you know antibiotics you know things like that number six gift cards to local businesses i do like to support local businesses and i want people to go in there and and you know you got a 25 dollars gift card you go in there and you you get you get 30 dollars worth of shit and you make a few bucks off you and i, I just like to give back like that number five razor blades because i want them kids to get their gums and teeth just shredded up and also because i like supporting local business our local dentists need customers also the razor blades are dipped in poison number four human flesh that just speaks for itself um, like dipped in chocolate yeah or, or you know uh like like you just take coating. a little a little a little tiny you know little, little shaving and jam it into some candy corn you what what people don't realize is that if you take like a like a hot uh exacto knife you can split that candy corn and kind of open it up carve out a little channel put some human flesh in there and then you can you can warm that back up and close it back together and, and uh, shave off with your hot exacto knife it it, it it works trick somebody into eating human flesh that and the, the little candy pumpkins same thing Number three, thumbtacks dipped in poison. Number what two, kind of poison. Do you recommend? Well, I I used to be a strychnine purist, but you know, from our conversations, I'm kind of coming around to oleander. Mm. It's uh, it fascinates. Number two, one particular homemade drug that's making a huge comeback this year. Jankum. You never heard of Jankum? No. Well, the internet is far back as the, the late 90s said that that street children in Zambia were uh, fermenting human waste in like a, a bucket or something with a bag over the top and then for, for like a couple weeks and then and then you huff it and then you just oh it's just the most powerful hallucinate. I think it was bullshit made up by people. 
I think it was it was originally a hoax, and then and then like school boards like, a, oh, and we, there's Jankum in our schools, and so I think Jankum's ready to make a, a huge comeback in 2023, and I'm ready to to start it right now. And my number one thing to hide in kids' Halloween candy: ovipositors. You see, Kate, kids no, these days no, are learning no, about their bodies no, and experiment. No, 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 they're experimenting. Nope, nope. No. Pick fine. another number one. Fine, fine, fine. How about a different kind of candy inside, like hiding, hiding candy corn inside of Snickers? Oh, that'd be good. Okay, because here's the thing: drug dealers love taking the prepackaged candy like you got to break in in the middle of the night and get all the candy out and then you don't have much time you got to get the candy bar open all of them all the little tiny candies prepackaged the mini the fun size snickers and milky way and dots and everything you got to get them open put the drugs in close them up without them being noticed put them back in the bag close that bag up without it being noticed sneak that shit back into the store it takes a huge operation to do this. They have like these huge mobile truck convoys that go from town to town. And I'm just, I wish we had Kenny the Fed on tonight to, to explain to us why the FBI can't catch these guys. Damn it. You know who started all that nonsense? Dick there Cheney. Was this, no, there was this one guy in Texas who put um, poison in his kids' candy because because he's from texas he wanted to ruin it for everyone but um he wanted he had him insured really well and he uh he wanted the insurance money and that's the only time anyone has ever had solid proof that anyone put um poison in halloween candy whoa 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 whoa, whoa one whoa. time in the 80s are you telling me that fox news Newsmax, OAN, and a whole bunch of others, including right-wing AM radio and my own local just citizens, people that I know are are either lying or buying gullible and buying into the dumbest shit that that, that somebody could think of? Not, yes. not Tucker Carlson. I just won't believe it. He would never, ever lie. He's just asking questions. We don't talk about politics on here, though. So no, we don't. We edit don't. all that We've out. We've done it already, kind of once. We have to be careful. Yeah, we don't want to alienate our our, our, our right wing our right wing listeners. They can, they can, they can, they should probably know better by now. They could just fuck off with that bullshit. I'll edit that out. Maybe not. <laughs> so, is there any any news over there from? From the the next door i checked in on the next door and all of the um comments seem to be that uh, people are very worried about the poisoning of candy <laughs> because it's not just you it's not your i mean i live in a big city but you get around the edges of the big city it gets weird and then also there were some pumpkin smashings going on. Hmm. I hope they weren't hiding fentanyl in the pumpkins that they smashed. You know what we do with smashed pumpkins around here? What? We feed them to the deer. We put them out by our tree stand so that the deer come and eat it. And then the deer come keep coming around and in late November and they're like, Oh, there used to be pumpkins around here. What's going on? Like there's nothing there's no pumpkins left. Just hot lead. Oh, poor dear. Uh, yeah, better that than chronic wasting disease, Kate. Right. Or getting hit by a car. It's true. Too many of anything, you just need to start taking them down. I think that um, there's a story in that. Because mm. there are way too many of... Never mind. <laughs> well, speaking of the goings-on in Cougar Canyon... You're not going to believe this, but tonight, the erotica series that we've been working on, the Cougar Canyon series, I 
in honor of Halloween, I came up with a brand new installment. As Mary, Rosa, Louise, and Veronica festoon their homes for Halloween, a tall, pale man strolls through the neighborhood, complimenting them on their decor. As usual, they compete to see who can be the first to violate the gaunt stranger. They showcase their most revealing costumes as they try to one-up each other's decorations. Who will win? And who is this shadowy stranger with the bulging pants? Does he have very, very long fingers? I I'm, I'm, uh, imagine he does. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm. I, I picture him in a top hat, like a stovepipe top uh, hat. Yeah. I know that guy. He's, he's around all the time. Little tiny chin beard and the, the handlebar mustache out to here. Yeah. Yeah, I know him. Seriously, though. I completely read those. We get a lot of letters, Kate, asking us to settle once and for all the debate between the debate between us yeah okay. wisconsin and california oh yeah all so right. I've, this this next section is brought to you by the original blue waffle many have tried to duplicate the original blue waffle but all have fallen short if you know you know and if you don't you should learn more by googling blue waffle from your work computer today and chicken yeah this next segment is called Wisconsin versus California, or why Wisconsin is the best state. Because honestly, everybody who listens knows that it's really between Wisconsin and California. And I'm here to settle it once and for all tonight. And there's been some talk about dairy. Well, we're going get to get into the dairy. Don't you even worry about that, Kate. All right. You got dairy. We got avocados. Oh, do you? Because the stats here don't say anything about avocados. They say about a whole bunch of other shit. But let's just see how this pans out. California. Hey, how are your beaches? Amazing beaches. beaches. Especially this time of year. The lakes are low. We might have more uh, waterfront here than you do. Uh, oh. Oh. Uh, Didn't think about that, did you? No. We probably don't. But So California... Population of over 39 million, making it the most populous state in the in the in the United States. Yeah, fifth largest economy on Earth. Sure. Yeah. All right. Wisconsin, slightly less than that. Population 5.9 million, making it the 20th. Oh, like a city. Sure, making oh. it the 20th most populous state. California's land area is about 164,000 square miles, making it the third largest in the country. I imagine behind Delaware and Hawaii. Wisconsin's land area is about 65,500 square miles, which puts us at number 25, right in the middle. Pretty close to the middle. Not bad. No. It's, You're much bigger, more people. It's great to uh, like to be in the middle. Yeah. Like a good solid C grade, solid sure. you can never aspire to. Sure. Let's 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 look let's look into some more statistics and see how this uh, how this all uh, shakes out into. I'm I'm confident. Wisconsin's first settlement, Green Bay, also known as Titletown, USA. It's the home of the Green Bay Packers, who have won 13 NFL championships, including four Super Bowls, more than any team in the entire universe. The fucking universe, Kate. That's everything that exists. And we've so won I believe our first settlement here in California might have been uh, San Francisco. Oh, uh, some. I mean, there's there's an argument for San Francisco. My research said it was the Presidio at San Diego. Now I've never heard of either of nice, those. Nice. It's yeah. um, kind of a pricey area, one I could not afford to live in at the moment. But, well, um, I've never heard of either of those places, and they sound made up, so we can safely move on. California's birthday, September 9th, 1850, shares a birthday with the real Colonel Sanders, who I thought about breaking out right here and doing a whole thing about him. Quite a character. He was He was born in 1890. Also share a birthday with Adam Sandler and Mr. Tom Wopat, who played Luke Duke in the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, kind of a yawn fest right there. Adam Sandler, he, he was good in Billy Madison. Wisconsin's birthday, May 29th, 1848, shares a birthday 
with Bob Hope, John F. Kennedy, Danny Elfman, John Hinckley Jr., Scary Spice, and Daniel Tosh. Wow. That's some cool folks right there. John Hinckley. Right? Him in a while. So well, when you were a teenager, did you used to tell um, people that you had a Hinckley for them? Or no. is that just me? I just think you. that was why. Like <laughs> <laughs> telling people that like I've been watching you and I want to murder you and I'm gonna take a shot someday. No, I don't say that. I said I had a Hinkley for you. Hmm. I love you more than anything. Hmm. And, um, yeah. Did Hinkley was, love uh, Reagan more than anything? No, he loved Jody more than anything. Oh right. I forgot about her, her role in the whole situation. California's top three exports are machinery for making semiconductors at 6.2 billion, aircraft including engines and parts at 5.5 billion, and diamonds unmounted at 4.5 really? billion. Diamonds. I didn't know you guys were so big into diamonds. diamonds. That's, that's what the internet says, Kate. I don't make things up. I think entertainment might be three. Although we do manufacture an awful lot of stuff. Yeah, this was... If you drive around Los Angeles, all you see are little tiny factories shipping and packing things. This is the information I discovered for 2021. 2022 numbers aren't going to be out for another couple months. Wisconsin's top three exports are industrial machinery, 5.7 billion, medical and scientific instruments, 2.2 billion, and electrical machinery. 2.1 2.1 billion but that shit's boring nobody cares about machinery semiconductors medicine or science people want to know right about dairy production <laughs> do they <laughs> Goddamn right they do california was the leading producer where over 41.8 billion pounds of milk were produced in 2021 wisconsin came in second at 31.7 41.8 crap we beat you at dairy 41.8 to 31.7. You might Whoa. think you beat us, but let's take a look at these numbers and how they actually shake out. We can look at this number in two different ways. If we divide production by population, we get dairy production per capita, Kate. California's per capita milk production is a measly 1,068 pounds for, per person. For Wisconsin, it's a staggering 6,397 pounds of milk yeah. per person. All right, you win, clearly. Of course we do. We always do. We're Wisconsin. And we could look at milk production per square mile, but I think I've proven my state's superiority on this one. Serial killers of note. Oh, we've got to win this one. Well, let's let's just let's just wait till the end. Wisconsin. The Milwaukee monster, Jeffrey Dahmer. No, he's from Wisconsin. The Plainfield Ghoul, Ed Gein. Oh, I knew he was there. The Asshole from Appleton, Fred Spanbauer. Mm. And Milwaukee's Northside Strangler, Walter Ellis. California. We have a girl one. Oh, she didn't make this list. Or oh. maybe she did, because some She's of these people the are at large. I don't like Mondays. She did that in San Diego, the girl. Oh. I don't know much about that or anything about that. We'll have to put her on the next one. Your list is flawed. These are just the most popular ones, according to a few different uh, websites that I cross-referenced on the quote-unquote internet. California has the Golden State Killer, Joseph D'Angelo. Just got caught a minute ago. Yeah, finally, you got one. We catch ours like right away after like 10 or 15 murders the santa rosa hitchhiker killer identity unknown oh yeah he's still going no they caught him a minute ago too didn't he just get caught we'll have to circle back on that that was san francisco the guy was killing the mexican folk Mm. fucker sorry the doodler The Doodler. The Doodler. Are you familiar with The Doodler? I am not. This is a new one for me. So-called because he sketched his victims before killing them. Why? Why, though? Oh, who knows the mind of an artist? We're all insane in our own ways. Us creative types, Kate. 
Yeah, too many mushrooms for that guy. And lastly, the Zodiac Killer, whose identity remains unknown, although many people insist the Zodiac Killer is none other than chinless bootlicking Senator Ted Cruz from Texas. Interesting if true. I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm just, just asking questions. Right? So all we can do is ask the questions. And get this. If you're wondering, and you probably are, where does Texas come? Where does Texas come in on milk production? Kate? <laughs> Let me just tell you. They're down behind Idaho. It's pathetic. Wow. I've learned a lot tonight. Right? Who knew? Not Ted Cruz. You didn't think they were ever going to catch him. So what else do you want to talk about? I think that might be all I have. Okay. Well, um, we, we, could, we could discuss Jenkum at greater detail if you want. Sure, you start. I don't know that word. Jankum, yeah. It's, oh, it's right, the... right, right. Never mind. I do know that word. Maybe we'll not discuss that further. Well, yeah, I guess it is. It is uh, getting getting towards an hour-ish. So, yeah, we could save... Look save, at save, us! Podcasting the, for a whole hour. Do the Jankum on a different podcast. <laughs> or not. You know what? Maybe, maybe the next episode is just... Just jank them and, and overpositors. No. No. It's not going to be that. Well, before we go, I pause to remind you, dear listener, to support independent authors and publishers. Buy their books, leave reviews, and what the hell, even read them if that's some kinky shit that you're into. Thank you for listening to Destroy the Files and setting sail with us once again on a never-ending voyage into the imagination. I'm Kate, and he's Brent. Thank you for visiting us here at Destroy the Files. And I'm Colonel Lito Harkonnen of House Carino, and now is the time on the podcast when we say goodnight. Bye. Oh, night. And... And, you know, we could, oh, see, I actually accidentally already pre-opened this this lemon one. So I'm going to have to drink it. Oh, I'm going to, I don't have to sneak around, but I'm going to go get another one. Okay, I'll be right here. I'll be right here recording. What? Nothing. I can find my own crypto motherfucker. (laughs) 